incredibly good is it to be gathered together and singing about a God who loves us so much that He loves us and finds us wherever we are and He accepts us, but He wants to take us somewhere greater than that. How powerful is that? That's how I wanna start every week personally. And so I think before we start tonight, it would be great just to pray and actually prepare because tonight I feel like God wants to take us somewhere. We have all walked in from a different place, a different space, but God actually wants to take all of us somewhere from where He finds us. So I think we should pray together and just open our hearts and prepare for that. So Father God, right now, we just take a moment to commit this next bit of time to You, God. We pray that our hearts would be open, our minds would be open, God, that we would listen and be attentive to what You have to say to each of us uniquely and individually, God. We pray everyone would leave having encountered You here tonight and that we would each leave knowing that You are taking us somewhere greater. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Why don't you all take your seats Get comfy, and while you get comfy, I'm gonna have a little sip. How are you all today? Are you doing good? Oh, that was so underwhelming. How are we all today, everyone? Oh, awesome, I'm sure the online crew were emojiing like crazy. So we need to, we need to step up our game. Um, But you know, actually, I would love to start tonight by sharing a story. And I used to work, before I worked here, I worked as an accountant for a local firm in Toowoomba. And on Fridays, we had Sushi Fridays. Now, it's just, everyone's happy with Sushi Fridays. Everyone can find something they want. And if you want, you can spend $3.50 and be fed. So everybody loves Sushi Fridays. Accountants are frugal. But this one Friday, when we were walking along Ruthven Street to Margaret Street, where the sushi place was, um, we walked past, there's a little park in the centre of town in between the art gallery and some council buildings. Does anyone know where that is? It's this beautiful little section. It's always really well. The council do a great job. Flowers, everything. But as we walked past, I went, oh, they've put the flagpoles back. This is so exciting. They've been gone for ages. And the girl that I was walking with was like, oh, Finally, I've been wondering when they would come back. But the other people that we were with were like, what are you talking about? We walk past here every day and these flagpoles have been here the whole time. And I was like, you fools. Does nobody pay attention anymore? I was like, I'm telling you, why would I look and go, oh, I'm so glad the flagpoles were back, if they were always there. And I just couldn't believe that these people were accountants. I was just like, (laughs) detail is important. And then this other girl, it fueled the conversation all the way to sushi, while we were eating sushi, all the way back from sushi. And it got to this point where I was like, you don't understand how much I need you to know that I am right. And so I called the council, because I went, I don't know who's in charge of flagpoles around here, But the council's a pretty good bet. So I called the council. They were not interested in me calling on Friday afternoon to ask about the whereabouts of flagpoles. But nonetheless, they sort of answered. I don't think they really looked into it, but he was like, yeah, as far as we're aware, the flagpoles have always been there. And I was like, on the phone, like, oh, so you're telling me the flagpoles have been gone. Interesting. (laughs) And just hung up and we never talked about it again. But... 
the point of that story was I could not believe how right I thought I was. I could imagine the days when those flagpoles weren't there, but it would seem that they had never actually wandered off. And one of the guys I worked with actually did up an article and put a Chronicle label on it about walkabout flagpoles and sent it to our whole office. It was... Um, <laughs> And I, I'd like to be able to say I handled the situation with grace and dignity, but I did not, so it was deserved. But I wonder how many of us have had those moments where we know we're right, other people know we're right, and then we are not right. And I think all of us have had those moments, whether we've been the person that's been proved wrong and we're really upset about it and we just pretend like it never happened, or whether we're the person who got to prove someone wrong, because before they even finish their sentence, we're on Google, we're on IMDB, and we're like, <laughs> and if we know they're wrong, we'll tell them, and if they're right, we'll say nothing and pretend like we didn't search it up. And I feel like we, we've, maybe this is just me. Is it just me who does that? Okay, all right, comment online. Everybody, please back me up. I don't want to look like a horrible person, but I think that we all do that. And we all have moments where we're either proved wrong or we prove someone wrong. But what I'm starting to notice is that this is starting to happen more and more often in our world. People are becoming very convinced that they are right about a lot of different things. And it's not just things like disappearing flagpoles or trying to figure out in a movie who that animated voice is because you know it's someone and you spend the whole time trying to figure it out. It's not things like that. People are convinced that they're right about so many different weightier topics, things like politics or the environment or sexuality or COVID or vaccines. There are so many weighty topics that people are becoming convinced that they are right about. And I think if I'm honest... I don't think I could ever not be fascinated by the fact that we're in a culture that is exploring and embracing diversity in a way that we never have before. And that's a great thing. But we still have this mindset that people are going to come to the same conclusions that we do. Like the fact that we live in a world with billions of people, billions, growing up not just in different cultures and countries, but experiencing different political and socioeconomic environments who are different genders, have different personalities, different thoughts, emotions, feelings, and life experiences. All of those things make up a single person, and there's billions of us, and yet we're shocked when people don't see things the way that we see them, there's this need for people to conform to what we think is true. And if I'm honest, the more I look at it and the more I experience it, I can only describe it as a spirit of arrogance. Yeah, wow. And I think it's a word that we don't really use and don't really like, but I think it's really, really important to talk about. Yeah. Because the problem is, that when people become arrogant, the idea and the belief starts to mean more than the person. And that's a dangerous place to be. And your psychology describes arrogance because it can be a personality trait. 
It describes arrogance as someone who has an elevated sense of self-worth. They're one who acts as if they're superior or more worthy or more important than others, but at the same time want admiration and respect. An arrogant person thinks their ideas, opinions, and beliefs are better than others. Arrogance is this wanting to be right. It's refusing to see things differently. It's not listening. It's interrupting. It's getting frustrated quickly or creating a culture of fear. And don't we have so much of that online at the moment? It's actually you needing to have your point pushed across the line. It's this whole idea of don't at me. You know, I had to learn this week, embarrassingly enough, I had no idea what that meant. And I felt very out of touch with the world, but don't at me is defined in dictionaries now because we use it so much. And this concept is, I'm gonna share my opinion, everything I think and feel with you, but I do not wanna hear what you have to say about it. So don't at me, don't tag me, I don't wanna know. And it's this, I just don't know how that could be anything other than arrogance. Because to think that your opinion and your lived experience is the only one that matters or is the only one that reflects truth is so dangerous. It's so dangerous. And I don't want to upset people because I've been there. I'm like, well, this is what I think about COVID. So please stop telling me what you think. And we have created it within ourselves to the point where it's actually just it's what we believe. It's preservation. It's actually respecting our own truths, but I'm not sure that that's what it is. Because we have this question in our head that rattles around, which is, but what if I'm right? What if other people are genuinely ignorant or silly or not paying attention? What if, I, what if other people are actually all the things that I'm imagining that they are, and that's why I'm right? And the problem with this is that we aren't called to be right. <laughs> We're called to live like Jesus, and they're not the same thing. And if we confuse that, we are going to look at people and lose respect and love for them just because of what they believe. And no one deserves to be less important as a human because of what they believe or the ideas that they have. And so if there's anyone who had a reason to be arrogant, it would have been Jesus, I mean, if we think about it, he's the son of God. The Bible says he has equality with God, the creator of the universe. He came to earth and did nothing wrong. If anyone should be arrogant, it's the person who was literally better than everyone. And yet when Paul describes what it is to imitate Jesus, what it is to live like him, this is what he says in Philippians. In chapter two, verses three to four, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And you see, we're all over here worried that if we're not right and we can't prove that we're right, we're not gonna change anybody's life. We just think that in the moment that they realize that we are correct, that their whole world's gonna be transformed and they're gonna believe what we believe. But you know what, nothing is more powerful, nothing changes lives more than a genuine encounter with true humility. Nothing, nothing in this world is gonna change someone's lives more than encountering true humility because that's the gospel. 
The gospel is literally that God is so humble that he sees us as valuable. And not just valuable, but that he came as a man to serve us and then to be so obedient and humble himself to die on the cross so that we could be made right with God. That's humility that I can't even comprehend. That's the God that we love and serve. And that's the God that every person should experience through us. And so humility, arrogance, these are things we need to talk about because they are creeping into our culture. And when they take place, when they settle within us, when people look at us, that's how they're gonna see God. And that's not their fault. If someone looks at you, they should be able to see what you say you believe. And if you believe in Jesus Christ, you love and you wanna follow Him, then they should see humility. And so that's what we're gonna talk about tonight. Humble pie, my friends. Humble pie. Not easy to make, but delicious in the end. And good for everyone. Because... The difference between being arrogant and being humble is that winning people becomes more important than winning arguments. And I think that's a spirit that we really need to take on board. If I, and I do it myself, but it's so exhausting trying to win arguments all the time. It's so exhausting going online and knowing that, oh, sorry, my throat. It's so exhausting knowing that every second online is just gonna be people hating at each other, arguing with each other, and not only that, it's so quick that an argument about an opinion becomes a, you're the worst person, I hate you, you have no value. What is that, what is that leap? Where did it become I don't like your idea to I don't like you? When did we stop allowing diversity of thought? If we want to embrace diversity, it's not just people and how they come, it's the way they think. And it's acknowledging that that is God-given. If we were supposed to be the same, if we were supposed to think, think the same, I guarantee you we would. And so we need to embrace this thing. We need to realise we're called not to be right, but to live like Jesus. And to live like Jesus is to walk humbly. It's to eat the humble pie. And so that's what we're gonna look at tonight. Three simple things we need to make humble pie in Romans. So I'm gonna read through this bit of scripture in Romans 14. And then we're just gonna look at three simple things that we can do to help us embrace humility. Because it's not the easiest thing in the world. It's quite challenging. Well, I found it really challenging as I wrote this message and realized I was gonna have to do all this stuff. So you can all enjoy that this is, this is for everyone. And so Romans 14, Paul's writing to the church in Rome and he's pretty much, Romans is just him trying to give them everything he thinks they need as a gospel, as a nature of Jesus so that they can build a healthy church. And so he says this, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue about, with them about what you think is right or wrong. For example, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will only eat vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge them whether they stand or fall, and with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval." 
So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Each person will give their personal account. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in a way that you will not cause another believer to fall and stumble. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. Then you will not be criticised for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but living a life of goodness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And if you serve Christ with this, then you'll please God and others will approve of you. So let's aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but keep that between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they've decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it, for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. There is a lot in that. And kudos to all of you for pushing through with me. But the whole vibe of this chapter is... There is more important things in this world than who is right and who is wrong. God is above all of these things. And so the the first thing I want to point out is that God alone is the one who makes us stand. It says their own master will judge them and with the Lord's help, they will stand. You know, I think it's this recurring narrative amongst Christians that we somehow play a role in salvation. Uh, for ourselves or for others. Now, we might have an impact on someone's journey. We might lead someone. We might invest into a person, but salvation, that's reserved for Jesus. That was done on the cross. That's not something that we're giving to someone. And if we can't humble ourselves and realise that in the end, God is big enough and great enough to see a person's heart and actually reconcile whether they were right or wrong, then we are missing something. We are gonna pull people away from Jesus. We're gonna pull people away from the community of the church because we wanna be right. God's saying it doesn't matter if this person wants to eat meat and this person thinks it's not okay. It matters that they know what they believe and they follow it because God will make them stand. If one of them is wrong, don't fret. God's big enough. He will make that person stand. He can see your heart. He knows what you're trying to do. He knows when you're working hard to do the best thing. God alone will make us stand. And so let's, for starters, just know that God is greater than everything. He created the entire universe. He is more than able to accept people where they come and the truths in their heart. And the second thing is that people are more important than opinions, ideas and beliefs. It says, don't let eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Now, what Paul's saying is you have to choose between being right and bringing someone on a journey with God. Don't choose being right. That's the worst choice you could make. If you actually pull people away from God by being right, what are you actually achieving if it's not to build up your own self-worth? That's a question we need to ask ourselves because sometimes we feel like we're on this righteous crusade to declare truth. 
but are we actually doing it because we think that Jesus or this person needs to know, or is it because it's actually gonna elevate how we feel about ourselves? People are more important than that. And you might, can I say this? There is truth, there is wisdom, and being humble is not about being passive, It's not about ignoring what's happening. It's not about letting people be self-destructive and harmful, but it is about realizing that when you engage that person, they are more important than you being right. They are more important than you in that situation, being able to prove to them that they're wrong. We cannot let a difference in opinion or belief lead to the disrespect or the belittlement or the mistreatment of people or we have failed to be humble. We have failed to lead people in the way that Jesus himself led people. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. I feel like if we can just settle that. And you know, it says in the Bible that wisdom is known by her children. People realize soon enough whether their actions are wise and truthful, but it's for us to walk humbly and patiently and kindly with those people needing to love them more than needing to be right. And the third thought is just to know your convictions and not expect other people to share them. It says, if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it, for you're not following your convictions. And if you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. Do you know what you believe? Have you taken the time to consider it, to pray about it? Great, then believe it. Then live accordingly. And that's that. We don't need to be, there's this, I think everyone thinks everybody needs to know what they believe about everything. And that only is a good thing if you wanna engage in discussion if you wanna actually understand something. The Bible says it's a fool who has no pleasure in understanding but just expressing their opinion. If you feel something that you believe needs to be shared, do it with a heart of humility and be open to discuss, to learn, to grow. But most of all, don't expect someone else to share your conviction because at the end of the day, whether you're right or wrong, wouldn't it be an absolute tragedy to be right and have pushed someone away from God? I don't think you're gonna wind up in heaven and God's gonna give you the tick boxes for all those truths you helped yell at people about. I think he's gonna say, why was that more important to you than bringing someone closer to me? Why was you being right about that scripture more important than the person that I died to save? (laughs) Why was arguing on social media to you a better reflection of the heart of God than just loving people and not needing to be right? These are, humility is something we need to embrace. It's something we need to be aware of. And that's why we need to read our Bible and we need to pray and we need to trust that the Holy Spirit would guide us because it takes faith. You know, it actually takes a lot of faith to be humble because you actually need to trust that God's got it. It's actually a fear inside of us when we feel this overwhelming need to have people think the way that we do, it's because we're scared for them. And that might be from a genuine place of wanting someone's life to do well, but if you're fearful that someone's not gonna do well just because they think differently to you, you might need to give it to God. 
You might need to trust that there are things that you don't understand. You might need to trust that there's a diversity of people in God's house, in the world, and that that's okay. Because in the end, if they're... If they have faith in Jesus, this is a whole letter of Galatians. If you have faith in Jesus Christ that He came and died for you, you're saved. That's the gospel. It's not about being right about everything. It's not about knowing the truth of every little thing. It's not about crossing every T, dotting every I. It's about faith in Jesus. And so when we have that assurance, when we have that faith, we can be humble. We can walk patiently because we know that God's going to guide us to truth. Us, the people that we're believing for, we can pray for that God that He would reveal truth to people that we're worried about. But I would encourage you to even pray that He would reveal more to you in that circumstance when we approach it like we don't know everything. Because nothing is more transformative. Nothing will change people's lives more than an encounter with genuine humility. It's what changed my life. I think it's not something we express this way often, but when you find out that the God of the universe wanted to know you personally, that's insane. And I think the only word I could use is humble because why would he want to know me? How could he put himself in a place where that personal relationship is valuable to him unless it is truly one of his strongest natures? It's who he is. You know, he loved, like the song we're singing, he loves us as he finds us, but he always wants to take us somewhere greater, but never in a destructive way, never in an aggressive way. It's always soft and kind and loving. And if God can be that way with me, then I should be able to be that way with every person I encounter because that's when people wanna move towards you. That's when someone's gonna look at you and go, how, why, how was I wrong, but I want, to be your type of right. I love the way that you shared that with me. There's nothing more powerful than when someone has known they were right, but has been so gracious with you. I've seen people, Pastor Shane Willard, argue him about Scripture. And I don't know if there's anyone who knows more about Scripture than Shane Willard, but he will always approach them with grace and a spirit of, you know what, there might be more than what I know. And that changes people because then they can accept the truth that is revealed. Let God reveal truth to people and let you be a signal of how humble He is. That's our role. That's how we become a representative for God. And so humble pie, (laughs) we need to eat more of it. We need to get on board with it. But it's one of the most powerful things we can do, not just for us, not just to make sure that we are faith-filled, but actually to lead people closer to God. And so I just have a few questions for us tonight to wrestle with and to think about. And the first one is, when I share my opinion, am I open to learn, grow and discuss, or do I just need to be right? You know, let's not have a don't at me mindset. Let's not have a mindset where we don't want anyone to add to us because it suggests that we know everything that there is and there will always be something more. Is it an intentional priority for me to love, respect and value people with a different opinion? You know, it's not good enough to just say that we'll do it. We need to be intentional about it. If you start hearing things that you don't agree with, don't unfollow them immediately. Don't create a little box like this where only people who agree with you pop up in your world. 
that's how we get so easily offended by people who don't agree with us because we think they don't exist because we unfollow them. We, take, we don't take into consideration that unique people have unique perspective and it's actually healthy for us to be around that. You know it's healthy for you to be friends with people you don't agree with? Do you know how much more tolerant and patient you become? But more importantly, when you're friends, when you're in a close relationship with someone you don't agree with, it forces you to look past their opinion. And there's no reason we should be doing that with everyone because everyone is someone's friend. Everyone is someone's sister, brother, father, cousin, whatever. Everyone is loved by God. He died for them individually at the same time. We need to be aware of that. We need to make close relationships with people we don't agree with so that we see past opinion. Do we trust that God will guide us and the people around us towards truth? Do we actually have faith that the Holy Spirit is gonna do His job and speak to people, speak to their hearts? We aren't the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And am I confident enough in my faith that where I or others might fall short, that God's gonna make us stand? You know, do you have a faith that doesn't require arrogance because you just truly believe that God is gonna reconcile anything you might've gotten wrong, any mistake you might've made, any truth that was a truth to you, but maybe wasn't in the long term? Do we have a faith that overcomes that where we can just say, you know what? I'm gonna live my life according to my convictions. I'm gonna make sure I pray that I'm informed, that I let God guide my truth. And then anything else, I'm gonna believe that He's great enough to actually accept and love me and make me stand at the end of it all. And you know, maybe tonight there's actually something you've really been struggled, struggling with. I think it's easy to be pulled into this culture. It's easy to be pulled into wanting to get into arguments, wanting to be right, needing to post your opinions online, or even just being afraid to post because you know what the culture's like. You know people aren't gonna wanna talk to you or experience you or be a part of your world. And sometimes it's better just to not engage. You know, this is why we need to talk about humility. And tonight, you know, I would love to pray for anyone who really feels like they've been struggling with this. Maybe you are really quick to unfollow people that you don't agree with. Maybe you have actually started to disrespect or not love or treat someone differently because they have an opinion that you just don't agree with. And tonight you've just realised, man, I need to see that person for who they are and not their opinion. I need to love them because they're a human and actually know that they are much more than what they believe or say. And so I would love to pray for anyone. I think if we all just stand in this moment, I would love to pray for anyone who's experienced that. So if we close our eyes and for anyone to just... Right now, we're gonna pray together. And if that's you, I encourage you to be honest with yourself. Father God, we just pray tonight that, and we thank you, first of all, that you are such a humble God, that in your humility, you find each of us valuable, God, and that you died on the cross so that we could be right, we could be saved, Father, no matter what it is that we believe. And right now, I just pray that for any of us who have struggled with maybe a bit of arrogance, God, with maybe not seeing the human behind the opinion. I pray that right now we would just feel this sense of freedom and this sense of peace, that we can just love people for who they are and that we can trust in You, God, that where we have concerns or worries or we're just not sure, that You're gonna lead people towards truth and that 
even greater. We're just going to be an example of your humility and your love and your kindness to those in our world. I pray that each of us could actually be a reflection of just a glimpse of how humble, how loving and how kind you are, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. And you know, there might be some of us here tonight who have never heard of God as being humble before. Maybe the idea of a God who loves you so much that He's more interested in you than He is of Himself, that He actually loves you so, so much. And I want to encourage you, if that's you tonight, and you can just feel in your heart that something's shifting, then it's so easy to start that journey with Jesus. It can be as simple as just saying in your heart, you know, I want to follow you, God. I want to know more about you, God. Or saying a simple prayer like, please come into my life and show me what it means to follow you. And if that is you, we want to equip you. We want to help you on that journey. But I encourage you, if you're feeling that stirring in your heart, to take a moment to actually consider it because being in a relationship with God is one of the best steps you can take. It's one of the most peaceful and free, freeful, freeing moments in our lives. And so I want to encourage you with that. And Pastor Levi is going to give you some more information right now about what you can do if that's you. Hey, why don't we thank Sarah?